Welcome to Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. Today, Dr. Forrest asks us, what do you have in your house? Well, let's do our confession as a church. We are a church growing and thriving, overflowing with love, strengthening the family, transforming the community, impacting the world, where every member is a minister and a church alive is worth the drive. Amen. First Kings 17, the story of Elijah and the widow woman. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Well, the Hebrew word translated here as commanded is actually a word that means to appoint or to command or even to send a messenger. So I put them all together and came up with this idea. Evidently, a messenger was sent to appoint or command these birds to sustain the prophet Elijah. Now, how that went down, I'm not exactly sure. Did an angel go and speak raven to him and tell him, here's your assignment. Morning and evening, go get the roadkill and take it to Elijah. (laughs) You know ravens are, are scavengers, right? Or perhaps the angel took the form of a raven and flew in and said, follow me, boys. We're going to do this twice a day. We're going to take meat to the prophet Elijah. But it's fascinating to think about. And that's the way my brain works. Verse 5. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. Amen? Makes sense, right? You declare there will be no rain. Sooner or later, the brooks are going to dry up. So the first part of this story is a perfect example of what I mentioned in the introduction. God supernaturally met the need of the prophet Elijah because he needed to keep him alive during the drought in order to fulfill his calling as the prophet of God. Now remember, Elijah said, it's not going to rain again until I say so. So it was necessary to keep Elijah alive so he could turn the water back on. Amen? But when the brook dried up, God had another way of meeting Elijah's need. And that way included the sowing of a seed and a supernatural harvest. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, And dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Would you like to know what Hebrew word was translated commanded here? It's the exact same word used in verse 4. And again, it means to appoint, to command, or to send a messenger. It seems likely to me that the Lord had sent a messenger to this widow woman that told her in advance that the prophet would be coming to visit her. And if I was a betting man, I would say that angel said to her, whatever the prophet of God tells you to do, do it. Amen? 
receive a profit and you will receive a prophet's reward. Verse 10, so he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Evidently, the Spirit of God must have revealed to Elijah that this was the widow woman that had been appointed to sustain him. And I believe that this divine appointment was orchestrated by the Lord from the beginning. Verse 11, and as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but an handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Pretty dire circumstances. Evidently, they were on the verge of starvation and elijah said unto her fear not go and do as thou hast said but make me therefore a cake first a little cake first and bring it unto me and after make for thee and for thy son for thus saith the lord god of israel the barrel of meal shall not waste neither shall the cruse of oil fail until the day that the lord sendeth rain upon the earth amen there's the word of the lord and she was very wise She knew this was the prophet of God. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Amen. Amen. A couple things I want you to see here. Notice that he commanded her to make a small cake for him before she and her son ate what they believed was going to be their last meal. Because she was willing to give to the man of God first to sustain him in the drought, the Lord unleashed a fantastic miracle on her behalf. The barrel of meal and the cruise of oil kept producing supernaturally, evidently for a pretty long time, until the rain came again, once again, in the land of Israel. Glory to God. And as I said before, it was necessary to sustain And keep Elijah alive so that one day it would rain again in Israel. Because he said, it's not going to rain again until I say so. Because she was willing to release what she had in her house, in her hand, that the plan and purpose of God might be fulfilled, she was blessed abundantly. She and her son and the prophet of God were miraculously sustained until the drought was over. Now, the prophet Elijah lived through that season of drought until he proclaimed that the rain was coming. And you know the rest of the story. The heavens opened, and it rained, and it rained, and it rained. Hallelujah. As a result, multitudes in the nation of Israel were saved from starvation. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 4, Elisha and the widow woman. We talked about Elijah and a widow woman. We've got a companion story here about Elisha and a widow woman. Verse 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? 
There's that question again. What do you have in your house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. She had something in her house, but she didn't deem it of any value. Then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. In other words, Mama, we've been all over town, and there's not a single vessel left. We've got every one of them. Then, verse 7, Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. Now, back in those days, oil was a very valuable commodity. So evidently, it was enough to pay off the debt so her sons wouldn't have to go into bond slavery. And then she was able to live off the rest and sustain the prophet as well, if need be. Elisha the prophet asked her a very simple question. What do you have in your house? When the widow woman, listen to this, was willing to pour out the only thing of value that she had left in her house in obedience to the prophet of God, the Lord met her need over and above in spectacular and supernatural fashion. Amen? Notice that she poured oil into as many empty vessels as she could find. Now, this is sort of a side, but I think this is a type here. Empty vessels are types of people who don't know God. And oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. Because of the miraculous outpouring of the Lord, she was able to pour into many empty vessels. Sometimes when you take what's in your house and you dedicate it to the Lord, it unleashes miraculous productivity in the kingdom of God so that people, empty vessels, are filled with the Spirit of God. Saved, filled, healed, delivered. Amen? Do you see debts piling up all around you with no way to pay them off? Do you have a great financial need and can't see enough money coming in to meet that need? Sometimes when you're faced with a great financial need, the Lord will ask the same question. What do you have in your house? Is there something of value in your house that you could pour out to the Lord so that others might be blessed, so that empty vessels might be filled? I submit to you, if that thing that you're holding on to, whether it's a family heirloom, some kind of nest egg, a thing of great value, if it's not enough to meet the need that you're facing, Plant it as a seed and watch what the Lord will do on your behalf. Plant it as a seed. If it's not enough to meet the need, it's probably a seed. Sow it as a seed and let the Lord produce the harvest. Amen? Hallelujah. One last example. John chapter 6. Jesus and the little boy's lunch. We're all familiar with this. I'm sure you've heard it preached up one side and down the other. Or you're going to hear my version today. John chapter 6, verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. 
And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. All right, let me break it down for you. Two hundred penny worth. One penny was a day's wages. So you're talking about 200 days out of a 360-day Jewish year. That's about seven months. He's basically saying even seven months' labor would not be enough to feed all these people. It's impossible. Verse 8. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. I have yet to find anybody who can tell me why that factoid is in there. (laughs) There was much grass in the place. Okay, somebody out there has got some revelation about that, but I haven't heard it yet. What's the significance of the grass other than it's a cushy place to sit down? And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. Okay, only the men, 5,000. Right? So if you count women and children, you got a crowd here that could range between ten and 15,000 people. So it's a huge multitude. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. Now, I like the way that Matthew fourteen nineteen describes this part of the story. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes And looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. Listen, there's some revelation here. I want you to picture this. I want you to be on those grassy hills. I want you to imagine 15,000 people sitting down on the hillside. Get the picture. Jesus had the multitudes sit down. So he looked at the multitudes. He saw the multitudes. Then he took the five loaves and the two fishes. He looked at the five loaves and the two fishes, and he blessed them. He looked at the multitude. He saw the supply was not enough, but he chose to dedicate that supply to heaven and believe God for a supernatural supply. He looked at the multitudes. He looked at the lunch, and then it says he looked to heaven. Sometimes we got to learn to look beyond what we see in the natural And we need to look to heaven. Lord, in the natural, it doesn't seem remotely possible that this need could be met. But God, you are the author of all things. You're the creator of all things. There's nothing that limits you. This is nothing to you. You can meet this need abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. You are able, Lord, and not only are you able, but you are willing. Amen. Hallelujah. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. 
Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Now, this is just my thought. You might have heard this before. But who do you think got those twelve baskets? I think he had basically assigned some men, followed this little boy to his home, and get these 12 baskets to his mom and dad if they aren't here. <laughs> Amen? Isn't that the kind of God we serve? Jehovah Jireh, he sowed a seed. I believe he received the harvest. I believe it with all of my heart. I really do. Amen. Hallelujah. So as I said, with the fact that they didn't count the women and children, we have a conservative estimate of Ten to 15,000 people that were miraculously fed with five loaves and two fishes. But it was the little boy's lunch, and I believe his heart attitude, that were key to this miracle. You know, many scholars believe that the loaves and fishes mentioned here amounted to five barley crackers and two sardines. It was enough for him to eat, but not even to share with one other person. And yet God took this small insignificant boys lunch and he turned it into a feast for 15,000 people with lots of food left over glory to God hallelujah hallelujah here again multitudes were blessed because one young boy was willing to give up his lunch that others might be blessed sometimes the question that the Lord asks us is framed a little bit differently instead of what is in your house what is in your hand What is it that you control that you could give to the work of the Lord that others might be blessed? What is in your hand? What is in your house? What resources do you have? What are you holding for a rainy day that the Lord is asking you? Maybe you need to sow that as a seed. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, I'm not going to summarize these three stories because that will take too much time. I'm just going to share a personal testimony. Trish and I sat down couple of days ago and we came to agreement about what we would do to sow into this great work that we're about to do at faith life fellowship it's a great financial need as you're going to see here in a minute with my chart but i believe god will meet the need abundantly according to his riches and glory by christ jesus and so trisha and i felt the need to take the lead as pastors and sow a significant seed so about two weeks ago i had a figure in my mind and i felt like i should double it so i doubled it I said, okay, Lord, you're going to have to speak to my wife before I give that kind of money <laughs> into this situation, you know, because we've got to be in agreement. So we sat down two days ago, and I said, what's the Lord telling you? What do you think we should give? It was at the lifeguard station at Wrightsville Beach. We went out there, do a little soul search and a little praying, sat on the lifeguard station, and I turned to her and I said, what is the Lord telling you to give? And she gave me the exact amount that I had come up with after I doubled it. So that's what we've already given. Made a special trip to the bank on Friday and transferred the money into the building fund. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's not really necessary for me to share what the amount was because the amount is not the issue. It's the heart. Notice in all three of these stories, the amount was not much, but it was the attitude of the heart. It was they gave out of their need. It might not have been much, but they gave out of their need, you know. And the Lord blessed it and multiplied it and blessed multitudes as a result. Amen. Hallelujah. So, as many of you already know, 
We have uh, signed a lease agreement for our new facility at 725 Wellington. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just down the road from here, we are ready to get out of a hotel and have a place of our own. Uh, But it's going to take a little fixing up. Anybody fans of the show Fixer Upper? Well, this uh, facility is a bit of a fixer-upper. Amen? It's going to take a little bit of funds to make it beautiful. All right. Praise the Lord. I'm going to share with you the need, which is a slide that's next, I think. Can everybody read that? All right. We're calling this building program Building on Our Faith. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message, What Do You Have in Your House? If you would like to hear more about Faith Life Fellowship and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, you can visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington. Music